Good morning. It's good to see everybody on this gloomy Sunday morning. Um, let's all begin worship by standing and singing, He Lives. I serve a risen Savior in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy, I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. And all the world around me, I see His loving care. And though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that He is leading through all the stormy blast. The day of His appearing will come at last. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives. Good morning. Welcome to Rosebar this morning. So glad to have all you here. If you're a visitor, we welcome you today and we're glad to have you with us. If you are a visitor, you've never been here before, bathroom's out that door over there. Um, we're glad to have you with us. You know, this week has been a very, very good week. Some Monumentous things happened this week. A couple people turned 30 years old this week. Uh, Leah Greer and my little brother Chris, he turned 30. Well, it was 20 years ago he turned 30, but he, you know, was, they both turned 30 this week. Um, but we are so glad to have you this week. Um, this month, our memory verses is John 14, 1 through 6. It says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? And Jesus said, I am, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I pray that each one of you know the way and that you've accepted Jesus. Let's pray. Father, as we come to you this morning, we, we're just glad to be able to come to your house, Father, to, to worship you and to praise and honor you, Father. And we, we're so undeserving of your love, but Father, you love us and you loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus to die for each one of us. I pray, Father, that if there's anyone here today that has never accepted you as their Savior, Father, today will be the day they accept you. Father, we, we have our list of ones that we're praying for and we're, we're lifting up to you, Father. You know each need, Father, we just hope and pray that you know, they'll turn your lives to you. You'll touch them, Father. As we go into our service this morning, be with Justin. Um, help him during the message that we need this morning. 
Open up our hearts and our minds, Father. We'll take in the message. Apply it to our lives and use it for your honor and glory to share your name with others, Father. May we go forth like you've told us to. I ask, Father, again, that you forgive us for we fail you. We thank you so much for Jesus, and we love you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. All right, let's continue in worship. We're going to stand and we're going to sing 10,000 Reasons. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship Your holy name. The I know we've talked about it a couple of times uh, before, but um, I'm just I'm reminded as we sing this, the challenge for us as we sing "Hymn of Heaven" and as we as we sing about the promise that uh, God has set before us uh, in heaven and to be with Him always. Um, the challenge for us, I think, as we sing this is twofold. 
the first is simply that um, we have that hope and we should focus on that hope. And then the second is that that hope should transform our daily lives to proclaim that hope and that salvation to everyone around us. Um, so let's sing this song together. Oh, how I long to breathe the air of heaven Where pain is gone and mercy fills the streets To look upon the one who bled to save me And walk with him for all eternity there will be a day when all will bow before him and there will be a day when death will be no more standing face to face with he who died and rose again holy holy is the Lord. In every prayer, we prayed in desperation. The songs of faith, we sang through doubt and fear. And in the end, we see that it was worth it when He returns to wipe away time when the children come forward they're going to go to children's church we've got another song that we're going to worship with this morning this last one is the goodness of god as we're approaching thanksgiving of course it's it's a mark of a christian of those that have the faith of christ to be a thankful person to be thankful for for everything that god has blessed us with but as we approach thanksgiving i think it's important for us to remember the goodness of god no matter what we may be facing in this life, what may be going wrong in this world that we live in, we know that those of us that have the faith in Christ, 
I'm, once we pass on from this world, we're going to be face to face with, with Jesus. We're going to have eternity and glory with Jesus. So let's sing goodness of God. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the opportunity, Lord, to be in your house, Lord, for bringing us here together as we corporately worship you, Lord. We lift up our voices and sing in praises to you, Lord, and how good you are to us, Lord. I pray that you would help us to remember that every day, Lord, when we wake up, Lord, that we give you the praise, that we give you the thanks, Lord, for waking us up, for putting air in our lungs, Lord, for giving us a, a, another day to live on this earth, Lord. And I pray as we live in this world, Lord, that you'd give us opportunities, Lord, to just share the love of Christ with those around us, Lord. Lord, I pray that, that this morning our hearts are, are soft, Lord, that we don't have walls up, Lord, that we don't have distractions in our mind, Lord, about what we're going to be eating for lunch, Lord, or what's going on after. Lord, I pray that you would remove all those distractions, Lord, that we would listen to Brother Justin as you've put on his heart a message for us this morning for us to hear, Lord. I pray that you'd speak into our lives. Lord, that we would be receptive to the words that we hear preached from Brother Justin's mouth. Lord, give him wisdom. Give him the words to say, Lord. We lift it all up to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. 
Thank you for being here this morning as we worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, it's a joy to be here with you. It's such an encouragement to see you. This time, we're going to ask Kayla and Zach and baby Jackson, would you guys come forward? Uh, we're very excited to have them with us this morning. Uh, for the first time, baby Jackson is here with us, and uh, we want to present him a Bible and pray for him. Um, pray for mom and dad and the days going forward. A very special time we have here at Rosebar Baptist Church. It's another Sunday, so that means we have another baby. Amen? <laughs> and so we are so thankful. You guys come on up. That'd be and he's happy right now. Yeah, he's doing he's really far. well. Yeah. Yes. Give it five minutes. Yes, that's why we <laughs> wanted to do it pretty early in the service, right? Uh, but we are so thankful of, uh, for just a um, miraculous birth for baby Jackson and for mom and dad are doing well and baby's doing well. And we want to take just a moment out of our service and we want to present him with the Bible. But most of all, we want to pray for the Lord's work in his life. So will you join me as we pray this morning? Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you. And God, we come to you again as the author and the giver of life, the sustainer of life. And Lord, we come and we give thanks to you this morning. Lord, we thank you for this birth and we thank you for Jackson. And Lord, we thank you for mom and dad. And we thank you for sustaining her health and being with the baby during the delivery. And Lord Jesus, we just give you all praise, honor, and glory because we know we have no power to do this. It is only by your spirit and your power. And we give you praise, honor, and glory for that this morning. We thank you for Jackson, God. And we, th we pray now for his development. Lord, we pray as he begins to grow and to develop and all of the milestones that he will be hitting, Lord, we just pray for his physical development. We pray for the time as he rows over and as he crawls and begins to walk and Lord, um, and uh, enjoying all the table food and things like that we're going to enjoy today, God, that we just thank you for these milestones in his life and we pray that he hits those and Lord, as he begins school, Lord, and uh, as he has friends, and we pray for godly friends and, and for good families to come alongside him, Lord, and for this church to be an encouragement to him as he grows. And Lord, the day that uh, he gets his driver's license and the day that he graduates high school and, and Lord, for the, the girlfriend and Lord, for the wife and Lord, for the days going forward. But most of all, we pray for the time in his life. We pray that you would draw him to yourself and we pray for the moment in time where he knows you as Lord and Savior of his life. God, we pray for you to do a powerful and mighty work in Jackson's life. Lord, they, as mom and dad, they give him to you and ask you to have your will and your way in his life in the days going forward. And I pray that we as a church, we rally around mom and dad and we are a support system and encouragement for Jackson all of the days of his life. God, I pray that you help us to love on him as you have loved on us. Lord, we thank you for this family and we thank you for the work you're going to do in the days going forward. For it's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. There you go, Dad. Thank you, Jackson. You did such a wonderful job. Amen. He's yes, he's smiling. Well, you guys may be seated. Do um, welcome them into our midst and baby Jackson. Uh, we're so excited. And not only uh, for baby Jackson, but baby Ruth. Um, as she will, not here today, but will be here at some point with uh, Elijah and Amanda, and then also Luke, as you have met last week, and, and so thankful for the Lord's mercy and the Lord's grace in our sweet young families um, in the days going forward. And we do, I mean, today, this is Thanksgiving week, right? A day that we give thanks and a day that we celebrate, and we celebrate um, uh, our babies, but there's also many other things that I wanted to just take a moment, if it's okay with you, and celebrate with you. Me and Michael were talking, we're trying our best to, there's so many things that go on at Rosebar Baptist Church you may not even be aware of or you don't realize all the good that you are doing in our community and beyond for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I do apologize. We don't know the best way and sometimes to communicate that with you, but I want you to know that you're doing an amazing job in our community and around the world for the glory of God. Um, just, I mean, over the last several months from our softball game where we raised $1,400 to build beds for kids who didn't have beds in our community, uh, you were a part of that, and you were able to give to that, and we say thank you. To our trunk or treat, where we had a thousand kids come through and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, we say thank you. To those of you who gave canned meat and jerky for Marcellus Kitchen so that um, people, shut, people could have food that are struggling to make ends meet, we say thank you. 
to those of you who gave the paper products that we took a whole carload down the River City Mission so that that would be a supply for them, paper products and paper plates and napkins and paper towels for the entire year, we say thank you. To those that allowed your kids to come and be in our extreme Sunday school class this last six weeks where they were able to memorize and to recite the Lord's Prayer, where they were able to study the Gospel of Matthew and learn about the birth of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, and the command of Jesus to make disciples of all nations. We say thank you for allowing your kids to come and be a part of our extreme Sunday school class this last six weeks. And for the babies that are being born and, and the way that you're going to love on them and the way that you're going to encourage them and the way that you're going to be a help for them, we say thank you. For the Thanksgiving dinners that we're going to give away this Thursday at Bob's Drive-In and we're going to give away 250 to-go plates for Thanksgiving, we say thank you. And for uh, this Polar Express Day, we're going to have at Reedland Elementary, December the 2nd, we're going to come and we're going to hand out popcorn, we say thank you. You are being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, whether you know it or not, and we say thank you from the bottom of our heart. Thank you for being the church. Thank you for being who God called you to be. Thank you for being a light in the dark world. You are an amazing church, and we're so thankful and glad to be here and be a part of the body of Christ with you as we serve God together at Rosebier Baptist Church. So I want to just say a moment, say thank you, but ultimately give praise, honor, and glory to God our Heavenly Father who allows us to be used by Him in this way. If you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to turn now to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. We'll begin reading in verse 12 in just a moment. John 8, verse 12. We're continuing in our study of the gospel of John. And this morning we come to the second I am statement of Jesus. Uh, we have learned that there are ultimately seven I am statements of Jesus uh, that he shares with us through the gospel of John. And, and we've already covered that I am the bread of life. And then this morning, we're going to look at where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. 22 times John refers to Jesus as the light in the gospel of John. This is one of John's favorite descriptions of Jesus himself is referring to him as the light. So today, this morning, we're looking at Jesus, the light of the world. And once again, John is in, in the Gospel of John, Jesus is connecting himself back to the Old Testament, to the children of God wandering in the wilderness. The first time is when he referred to himself as, I am the bread of life. And he was connected back to the Old Testament. We talked about how the children of God were wondering aimlessly that, that God had provided for them the promised land, but they were too scared to go there. They didn't want to go on their own. And so instead, he leads them out into the wilderness, and they wander aimlessly for 40 years. And while they're out there, there's a lot of whining, there's a lot of grumbling, there's a lot of complaining. And the first complaint is, God, I'm hungry right? They were hungry. They were in the middle of a desert, in the middle of a wilderness, nothing to eat. And then God provided manna for them. From heaven, it fell like dew to the ground. It was manna that was like bread for them to eat that they would collect six days a week for 40 years. God provided manna. And it was a picture pointing forward to what Jesus would come and do for his people. And he says, I am the bread of life. But then we learn that not only is he the bread of life, but he is the living water. That he is the living water. And he says, come to me, you who are thirsty, drink of me and you'll never thirst again. And he tells us that he would not only give you a drink, but he would put into your heart and into your life a stream of flowing waters that would never end. It would continue for all of your life. Anyone who is thirsty, come to me and you'll never thirst again. He was connecting himself back to the children of, of Israel in the wilderness. Remember, not only were they whining and complaining because they were hungry, but then they began to whine and complain, God, I'm thirsty. We're in the desert. We need water. We're going to die. Why, Moses, did you drag us all the way out here in the wilderness for us to die? We would have rather died in Egypt, in slavery, where there was at least water to drink. But then God led Moses to strike the rock with the rod, and from the rock came water and saved their life and gave them water for 40 years, pointing forward to when Jesus would come as the living water, 
when he says, drink of me and you'll never thirst again. But then now he is referred to as the light of the world. And if you can remember back in the Old Testament in the same in the same story where the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness for 40 years where he gives them manna, he gives them water, but then he gives them the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night that all they had to do was follow it. And it led to the promised land. And so now, in the Gospel of John, Jesus referring to himself as the light of the world, he is once again connecting himself to the Old Testament and he's saying... That just as the pillar of fire led them by night, it was the light that led them by night. All they had to do was follow. Now Jesus is saying, I am the light, and all you have to do is follow. Follow me, is what Jesus is saying. I am the light, the light of the world. You see, what was going on? Remember who Jesus was talking to. Jesus was talking to a religious crowd, a religious group. It was the Jews who, in the Jews here, they gave credit to Moses for the manna in the wilderness, for the water in the wilderness, for the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. They began to give credit to Moses for all of these accomplishments and what Jesus is sharing with them. It wasn't Moses that provided the manna. It wasn't Moses that provided the water. It wasn't Moses that provided the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. It was God who provided that. It was God who provided that. And, and as he gave them the manna, the water, and the fire, it was a picture or a symbol of what the Messiah would come to do, in the, ultimately it was prophesied about, and come to life through Jesus. And so now... In John, Jesus is saying, I am the Messiah, I am the, I am the living water, I am the bread of life, and I am the light of the world, so follow me. That's what Jesus is saying in our passage, in his one statement, I am the light of the world. So if you don't mind, will you stand to your feet in the reading of the word of God, John chapter 8, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from and where I am going. Let's stop there just for a minute and we'll pray for God's help. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We thank you so much for your word. And we pray now by the power of your spirit that you'd use it to teach us and train us, to make us more like you. For it's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. This morning as we look at this passage that Jesus is saying that I am the light the light of the world, there's two things that I want you to see that Jesus is sharing with us. The first thing I want you to see is the deity of Christ. I want you to see that as he says that I am the light of the world, it would have been abundantly clear to these Jews that he's identifying himself as God. It, 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 would have, it would have been his claiming, or it would have been abundantly clear that he's identifying himself as God. He is claiming in this statement that he's not just a messenger, he's not just a prophet. He doesn't just have good teaching, but he's claiming to be God himself. He is claiming to be divine, that he has authority over heaven and earth, and that he's come from heaven as the Messiah, the light, to save a dark and sinful people from the bondage of sin, slavery, and death. This would have been abundantly clear, and we know that would have been clear, because in verse 13, what does it say? That they immediately objected to his statement. That he says, I am the light of the world. You shall follow me, and you will not walk in darkness, but you walk in the light, because I am the light, is basically what he's saying. And then they say, hey, you can't bear witness of yourself. You can't claim that. So let's just think for a minute how offensive this statement must have been to this group of people for them to stand up in the middle of his teaching and say, that's not true, right? I mean, it's got to be pretty offensive because 
I mean, Jesus is teaching. Think of a, like this morning, if Jesus is standing and Jesus is teaching, or even if I'm standing and I'm teaching, I have to say something pretty offensive for you to be right where you are and to stand up and say, Justin, that's not true. Right? You'd have to be really aggravated. You'd have to be really upset. It'd really have to be something that you are passionate about. And that's how we know this is Jesus claiming to be God himself because it was so offensive to the religious group that they stood up in his midst and said, that's not true. You can't say that. You can't bear witness of yourself. Remember, what is he saying here? Remember in chapter 5 when we were talking together that, that Jesus was playing by their rules? In John chapter 5, he began, he bring in witness on his account. Because in this particular day, for anything to be true, you had to have multiple witnesses. For anyone to be convicted guilty, there had to be multiple witnesses. And so Jesus brought witnesses on his behalf. Do you remember that? He brought in ultimately John the Baptist and told about how he was a witness that he was the Messiah, the Son of God. He also brought in um, God the Father. Remember when Jesus was baptized and he came up out of the water, what did God say? This is my Son whom I'm well pleased. That was God speaking <laughs> audibly where they all hear, this is my Son whom I'm well pleased. So John the Baptist is a witness that testifies that he's the Messiah. God the Father is a witness that testifies that he is the Messiah. Not only that, but he points back to Moses and the word of God that testifies. He's already played by their rules. He's already brought in multiple witnesses. And now he's proclaiming and making it clear that he is the Messiah. Like He's saying he's bearing witness of himself because it is clear. The witnesses have already come in. He's already, he didn't have to. But he's already went through that, playing by their rules. And then now he is bearing witness of himself, and they are offended. He's sharing with them that only by looking to him can they rightly understand everything that is. Everything in life, everything in the world. This world in itself is unknowable apart from Jesus. We are blind and live in darkness, but as we look to Jesus, Jesus, as the light, shines on all that there is, and as he does, he reveals the truth. And the truth that he reveals is the world is broken because of sin. We are broken because of sin. And our only hope is to trust him and to follow him. I try to illustrate it to you in this way. Every morning when I wake up, we have those curtains that the, the dark out, you know, where the sun really can't come in, and it's really dark in a room. I don't know if you like sleeping with it really dark, but I like it really dark, okay? And, and, and Phoenix is in our room, and we like when he sleeps, right? When he's sleeping, all is well and right in the world. And when he's not sleeping, sometimes it's not well and right in the world. So every morning I wake up, um, at 6.30 when my alarm goes off, um, it is pitch black in my room and I'm going ultimately to the bathroom, do my eye drops and all those kind of things that you, you got to do. But every morning it is pitch black. You can't see, like, I'm pretty familiar with my room, right? Like, I live there. I sleep there every night. So I'm pretty familiar where the bed is, where the dresser is, where the chest is. And, and I know my way around the room, but it never fails, that I walk, you know, I'm on the left side of bed, so I get out of bed, and I go up around, I'm, I'm pretty good, I go around the edge of the bed, and I go back, but I always cut the corner short, and I stub my toe on the bed leg on the way to go into the bathroom, and then it doesn't matter that it's completely dark, Phoenix is still going to wake up because I'm dancing around and probably crying because my little pinky toe is now broken in two, <laughs> No matter how many times or how well I know this, and this is true for you as well, most likely, that you're familiar with your room. But you can walk through it a whole lot easier in the light than you can in the dark, can't you? You can navigate a whole lot better in the light than you can the dark, can't you? Like you know where things are, and that's exactly what Jesus comes to do. That even though we're familiar with a room, we still stub our toes. Well, Jesus is the light to our path. What does that mean? He reveals all that there is. He reveals our brokenness. He reveals our need for Him as a Savior. 
C.S. Lewis once put it this way, I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun has risen. He says, not only because I see it. Say, first of all, we believe it because we can see. It is evident. It's in the air. We see it there, right? But what C.S. Lewis says, not only do I believe because I can see it, but because by it I see everything else. That is so true in Christianity when we look to Jesus. Like we believe in Jesus through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We know it, we believe it, we see it. But not only that, by looking to Jesus, we see everything else in this world. Everything else begins to make sense. Everything else begins to fall together. Everything else now has value, meaning, and purpose because now we're looking to Jesus. So when he says, I am the light of the world, he's identifying himself as God. But what I also want you to see is this. Not only does he identify himself as God, but I want you to see as he does so, we see the deity of Christ and then the command of Christ. The command of Christ. You see, as he says, I'm the light of the world, he's not just identifying himself as God, but he's also commanding us to follow him. That is, in no uncertain terms, the only way out of the slavery of sin, darkness, and death is by submitting to his lordship and following him. His light reveals our sin, and we respond in forgiveness, asking for forgiveness of that and following Jesus. The only way for the children in the wilderness to make it to the promised land was to follow the light. The only way for us to escape slavery, sin, death, darkness, and hell is to follow the light, to follow him. And so when Jesus says he is the light of the world, he's identifying himself as God, but he's also inviting us into a personal relationship with him. As he is saying that I am God, he's also inviting us to follow him so that we may escape slavery, sin, death, and Satan. That's an invitation from him. That's what we see and know when he's saying, I am the light of the world. You see, right now we're about we're entering in Christmas season. And one of the very first ways we know that we're entering the Christmas season, other than the calendar, is by seeing the appearance of lights. Right? Lights everywhere. Lights in the trees, lights in the windows, lights on the houses. It all lights up for the time of Christmas. I love the lights. But as a believer, we know and understand that these lights, although we celebrate Christmas with them, they are also for a believer mean much, much more. The lights are not just decorative, but they teach us an important truth that Jesus is the light. That the world that we live in is a dark place. And we'll never find our way and we'll never understand our way without looking to Jesus as our light. You see, the Bible teaches that, that he is the true light and that he offers light and life to every man. That he is the light that shines in the darkness. Isaiah told us, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. When we look into our culture, our community, and our country, we see a very dark, sinful, wicked, and evil place. And the reason why is because it is a reflection of humanity's soul, right? It is a reflection of sin. It is a reflection of humanity in general. And so from the beginning, the spirit of darkness, which is Satan himself, has tried to snuff out the light that... Throughout the time, Satan himself has done all that he could to try to hide the light, to try to convince us that the light is no longer with us. Trying to convince us in an evil and a dark world, saying, where is God? Is he really real? Are we on our own? But in every case, God has always found a way to provide the light that pierces through darkness. You see, the Bible says, you were once in darkness, but now you are in the light. Walk as children of the light. Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. You see, Jesus, the light of the world, he came as a baby in Bethlehem's manger. He walked with us. He gave his life on the cross of Calvary. And rising from the grave, he forever defeated death, 
Satan, darkness, and sin. And what the Bible says is that he will return to this earth. That is, he is coming back. And when he does, get this, there will be no need for sun, moon, or the stars. For the glory of God will illuminate things in the way the sun, you can't even see it because God's glory is so much brighter, so much clearer, so much greater that the sun, you can't even see it. Isaiah 60 says, The sun shall no longer go down, nor shall the moon withdraw itself, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. And get this, And the days of our mourning shall be ended forever. That's what it means when Jesus is the light. That is the work that Jesus came to do. To be the light of the world. To pierce through darkness. Say, Think of this. Go back to that dark room we're talking about, a dark bedroom. When you open, you have one room that has light, one room that's dark. When you open the doorway, does light go into the darkness or does darkness go into the light? Light goes into the darkness, right? Light will fill that room. If I have a dark room and I open it, darkness is not going to come in. That's the same way Jesus' power over darkness, death, and Satan. It has no power over Jesus. Jesus has the power to pierce through the darkness and the lostness of this world, to call them to himself. And he's saying there's coming a day and a time. I will return. And in that moment, there's not going to be a need for a sun. There's not going to be a need for a moon and the stars. Because the glory of God and the light that he brings will illuminate things in this great and amazing and powerful way. So Jesus has come, get this, to be the light and the life to all men. Then he tells us in John chapter 4 that the life that he gives us is so much more than the life that we experience now. But he's given us a life, a spiritual life for all of eternity. He invites all to come to anyone who is hungry, anyone who is thirsty, whoever is weary, burdened, broken, whoever is filled with darkness, whoever is filled with difficulties, come. Because in Christ there is no darkness. Darkness is weaker than the light that Jesus offers. That's what it says in John 1 and verse 5, that darkness couldn't comprehend it, couldn't overcome it. The power of darkness are overcome by the person and work of Jesus through the cross of Calvary. Jesus is the light and life unto all men. If we'd only confess and believe in our heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. And what it says is he will give you life and he will give it to you abundantly. Abundantly. For two years now, we've been praying and begging to God for normalcy in our life. Maybe we just want things to be normal from COVID and all the things we've experienced over the last year and a half, two years. But what Jesus is teaching us, get this. Jesus didn't die for us to have a normal life. He died for you to have an abundant life. May we never be okay with normal. <laughs> I know that's something we desire and we want, but I want you to see that God offers you something greater. God offers you something better. For he is the life and the light of all men. And for anyone who knows him as Lord and Savior, he gives abundant life freely and graciously. For Jesus is the light of the world. And this statement that he is sharing, he is sharing that he is God, but it also is an invitation to come and to follow him. This statement that I am the light of the world is to convict us of our sins and for us to respond in repentance. But guess what does that mean for the believer? The same is true for the believer. For the believer, Jesus is the light of the world who casts light on all of our dark sins. And he reveals it to us. And he shows it to us so that we may repent and return to him and follow him for all of the days of our life. So yes, it is a call of salvation for those that don't know him. But it's also a call of repentance to those who do. Because we all struggle with sin. We all have difficulties with sin. And when Jesus is saying, I'm the light of the world, it is a call to repentance for those who know him as well. Jesus, there's nowhere we can run or hide from Jesus, right? 
That's what we talked about in Sunday school this morning with our first through sixth graders. And we were talking about there is nowhere we can run and there's nowhere we can hide to get away from Jesus. For Jesus is all present and he's always with us. And not only that, but he's all knowing. So he knows everything about us, our good, our bad and our ugly. He knows all of our sins. He's revealed that to us. And so we can't run and hide from us. And so instead we repent and confess. We ask for forgiveness from our Lord Jesus Christ. But get this, it goes a little further. Not only does he know, but Jesus lives inside of us, right? We talked about that this morning too. Spirit of God, Jesus lives inside of us through the form of the Spirit of God. And when he is with us, he goes about us in our daily walk, in our daily activity, and all that we do, God is with us. And we as believers want to be careful by the way that we live. We want to walk in the light, not in the darkness. Why? Because Jesus is with us. We don't want to carry Jesus into these dark places or make him be a part of dark sin. We want to live and walk in the light for he is the light and shed light on a lost and dying world. What I mean by that is when we commit and are part of sin, Jesus is with us, right? That's what we talked about this morning in our first through sixth graders. Have we ever done something in our life that we didn't want our moms or dads to know about? <laughs> All of the kids were like, yeah. I have two kids in that class, so I said, Paxton, what is it? <laughs> she didn't want to tell me. I would say that's true of all of us, even as adults. There are things in our life right now that you don't want anyone else to know about. Sin in our life that we've committed this week that we don't want anyone else to know about. The truth of the gospel that we learned this morning is I am the light of the world. Jesus says, there's nothing you can hide from me. There's nothing I don't know about. But here's the blessed news of the gospel. If you'll come to me, I'll forgive you of your sins, and I'll never hold it against you for all of eternity. The gospel of grace is Jesus reveals our sin to us, and if we repent and ask for forgiveness, he washes our sins away, even though they be like scarlet, they are now, you are now like white as snow. And you are covered with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for this time in your word. And God, I know that as a messenger, I am weak and I am unable to share the truth the way I would like to. But Lord, I know your spirit is powerful. Your spirit is mighty. And it has the ability to speak to hearts and lives in the ways that I can't. And so God, in this time of response, we're going to sing and we're going to give you glory and honor you truly deserve. But God, I pray that you help us to respond in a way that is pleasing to you. Lord, I pray that you reveal our sinfulness. God, I pray that you make us broken over our sinfulness. Break our hearts for the things that break your hearts. And God, not just for guilt and shame, God, that's not what this is about, but it's ultimately to see your grace that you offer freely for any who will come, repent of their sins, place their faith in you. Help us to respond in a way that is pleasing to you this morning. For it's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Will you stand to your feet? I want to invite you to come. Come pray for the lost. Come pray for yourself. Come repent. Come call on the Lord Jesus. Will you respond to him this morning?
may be seated. Thank you so much for your attention this morning, your attendance. Thank you for being in God's house. May God bless you. I've got a few announcements for you, and then we're going to have a meal. We've got a meal prepared for you. It's going to be plated. We're going to be through the line really quickly. So we hope that you've made plans uh, to stay with us this morning. If you haven't made plans, I pray that you make plans right now. I'll give you a few minutes to think about that. A um, few announcements. Uh, just a reminder, Thanksgiving meal today, just right after our service, I'll share with you a little bit more information in just a moment. Also, our seniors that are going to the Badgett Playhouse, November 29th, please see Francis Hovacam or Alice uh, Story to with transportation plans or needs, if you have one. Other info. Um, also, Polar Express Night. I told you, it's at Reedland Elementary School. This is from 5 to 7 p.m. It's going to be outdoors. We're, need, we're doing the popcorn booth, handing out popcorn. Um, if you could be a part of that, sign up, let us know. Uh, we're needing probably four to six individuals that will be able to do that. Uh, and, weather the, uh, and we don't know what the weather may be like, so it may be a little chilly. Uh, but in, invite you to come and help if you can. And then also, uh, I want to remind you about, um, for our deacons and deacon partners, uh, we have the budget proposal for 2022. It's on our welcome desk. If you hadn't got one already, please grab one. Our meeting will be next week, 5 p.m., in the fellowship hall, okay? We're going to be discussing that budget and more items. So if you didn't get a proposal, grab one as you leave. Uh, and then our meeting is next week from 5 to 7 p.m. in the fellowship hall. If you have any questions, see one of our elders. Let me know, and we'll help you out. Also, this Wednesday night, there's not going to be any Wednesday night service here on campus, okay? It's time we want you to spend with your family. we got Thanksgiving and a lot of things going on. So this Wednesday night, no Wednesday night services here on campus. And I think that's most of the announcements I have for you at this time. I do also, if anybody, uh, we've got a ministry opportunity at the jail, McCrane County Jail, uh, doing some mentorship for some young men. It's about a 15-week program. We're going to be doing that a couple, or possibly doing that a couple times a year. If you have a heart for that, you'd like to be able to be involved in that, please let me know. Um, and we're going to pray through that together. But I just want to kind of throw a feeler out now and see if anybody has any interest. And I'm, I'll be going around to others that uh, see if you have any. But that's coming up. All right. Now for our Thanksgiving meal. Here's going to be the plan. Okay. Um, I will try my best to explain this clearly. So we're all going to hear this together. And there'll be no confusion at all, Ed. I promise. All right. The way we're going to exit, we're going to go right out this front door. And then we're going to go slight left, and we're going to enter into the education building. All right, we're going to stay under the cover on in as long as we can, okay? Because I don't know if it's raining or not. We're going to go out the door to the education door, and I want to have someone have that open for you. Walk all the way down the hall. Now, for you who have kids in children's church, that's where you're going to pick up your kid. They're going to be in that foyer that is right between the education building and the fellowship hall. They're going to be waiting there on that pew. Michael's going to be there and helping uh, get them to the proper families. And so you'll go out, go down the education, pick up your kid, and then you'll go straight into the family life center, uh, the reach out center. Once you go in, once we walk in the double door reach out center, it's the side, you're going to make a right and go all the way along the wall, making a U shape to go get your food. And the food's going to be plated. What, we're gonna, what that will allow to do is everybody to get inside the gym out of the weather while we're getting in line and stuff like that. So I know that. A little confusing. Right as you walk in to the right, go all the way around the tables, come up that way. You'll get your plate and you'll get your drink and then you can be seated wherever you would like to. Um, and we're going to allow our seniors to go here in just a minute. But as we dismiss our seniors, we're also going to be dismissing those who have kids in the nursery. So uh, those who have kids in the nursery, you're going to, at that time, you're going to